0: Uh, yeah, your audio cut out, and um, I was like, I don't know. So we we kind of filibustered about shitty Zach Wilson and uh, and Trevor Lawrence for a little bit. So uh, what was the, what was the thing I was going to ask you about? Oh, uh, we didn't talk about Cristobal last week. I don't think we we brought up that hire, and I think it was Miami. And I yes. wanted I wanted to ask you because the the way that he was hired was so interesting. Many Diaz technically still had the job; they hadn't actually outright fired him yet. And they were courting him this whole time. And during the press conference or before the press conference, uh, Miami officials came in and said, look, you can't ask us about how he was hired. You can only ask us about what he's going to do. And I thought, well, if that doesn't give legs to the fact that that was a not on the up and up situation, like it was one thing because Orgeron was out. Um, you know, the USC job was obviously vacant. I mean, they have the interim coaches, but they had already fired the the main guy. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. this position, they haven't actually given Manny Diaz his his walking papers yet. He's out there recruiting and he finds it on social media that they hired Cristobal. I just thought it was so fucked up.
1: The administration at the University of Miami has never been good. In fact, the best thing about the, uh, those like the U 30 for 30s besides all the cocaine, is the how incompetent the administration is and how much the football team absolutely hates them i'm not shocked to find out that uh miami did something this uh this sleazy as hang on to one coach and make sure they could get the guy they wanted before before letting him go
0: i mean i get it manny diaz didn't produce results but really no coach before him had produced results who was the guy they got from temple al golden like yeah is that his name whatever miami yeah, has miami has sucked for a, a while now i think the most like ever since those early 2000s teams uh i've actually ever since they moved in the acc they've been pretty much sucky right like mm-hmm. sitting at mediocrity like the virginia yeah. tech level mediocrity and I'll, I'll make fun of myself there um actually virginia tech won a bunch of acc titles in that first you know span or whatever but um it just was like whatever but Miami and Texas well Texas we've talked about are still relevant they went to a national title game in 2009 I think and then they won the title yep. with Vince Young so they've at least been sniffing around the conversation for a lot longer than Miami but like every year Miami starts out like three and and it's like the use back and does the coach really matter like I know Cristobal is a good coach and he used to play there do you think that that actually matters do you think they finally hit a home run here
1: Well, they didn't start out that way this year because they opened with Alabama and Michigan State.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, but you get it. Like, it's always like the U's back in the turnover chain, and ultimately it didn't fucking matter.
1: Yeah, I think that the University of Miami, I I think the University of Miami and Virginia Tech are the same football program. Miami just was blazing hot like two different times. Yeah. But, you you could see a world where Virginia Tech was blazing hot with the Michael Vick, and then like ten years later, and they put together a couple national titles each time or something like that. My, Miami is not some blue blood always going to be good. Will be coming back and forth. they're not good. I mean, they're not they're not Michigan, they're not Ohio State, they're not USC, they're not Texas or Oklahoma or Alabama or Georgia. Like they're they were nouveau riche and then they sort of faded away and now they're just kind of a middling you know AC. they they're pit like they're just pit of the south they're 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 not really anything special
0: but they think that they are though like the fan base does the administration does like and all the alumni yep. players do like they think it, it it matters and yet they haven't mattered forever like who's the best player that's played there since like 2004 i don't know yeah probably but i mean that was still a long time ago i'm sure
1: i'm sure i'm sure we're overlooking somebody obvious but the point is like it's not like how it was
0: no and i just thought i mean crystal ball seemed like a pretty big hire but it's interesting how it took this long for it to develop like all these guys shuffled positions and took their jobs and then miami was kind of like at the end and i don't know I, i don't know if it's really gonna matter i mean he did a good job at oregon but it's Oregon. I mean, who cares, right?
1: Well, it's, it's the ACC, so anybody can spring up and do. They like, didn't Wake Forest play Pitt for the ACC title this year?
0: Yeah, and then the Wake Forest coach was getting job offers from other big places, and he said, no, nah, I'm going to stay at Wake. It's like, okay, David Cutcliffe, we'll see you later. Because uh, David Cutliffe, Cutcliffe got fired, so he's out at Duke <laughs> after producing Danny Dimes. But um, I think Miami hired the – or they stole the Clemson AD and – do those things actually matter? Like, does the athletic director really matter? I don't know enough about it to know exactly how involved they are outside of. I would assume, like, money and all that stuff.
1: They are incredibly important. Uh, having a having they're especially important in the extremes. If you have a really good athletic director or a really bad athletic director, it can make a big difference. And they are the most influential person in hiring decisions. Okay. So when it comes to getting the coaches having a good smart AD is very important. Um when when it comes to I don't know about at like schools like Miami, but at places like Michigan and Penn State, where you don't want to be just good in one sport, you want to be good in all the sports. The athletic director is even more influential, oftentimes more influential than the coach for like volleyball or something like that. So they are actually very important i mean if you think about them as more like the dean of of athletics okay it starts to make more sense about what they actually are and it's a very important position and the bigger the school the more the more important it is and at some schools i would say that they're even more important than like the university president in regards to like generating income and revenue and marketing for for the school
0: okay And uh, the other coach that we didn't talk about was Venables at Oklahoma like he was a guy who had been recruited quite a bit but stayed with Dabo through all these these years. And was it a matter if he was waiting for the right job or because he was getting paid a lot of money.
1: Yeah, but Oklahoma is the right job.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean that that if you're going to make a move going from Clemson, like staying at Clemson as the the coordinator and then moving to a program like that seems to make a lot of sense instead of taking some job at like Louisiana Tech or something like that. So uh, those are the only things that uh, that came to mind that we didn't talk about last week. But I thought the the Cristobal thing was was interesting enough to mention. But uh, anything you want to get today? What's that?
1: Yeah, I was I was gonna say today is National Signing Day.
0: Yeah, it is. I don't pay attention to it as much. The only thing. Oh, that's it. Uh, the, the recruit that Deion Sanders stole from Florida state. Um, yeah. does that really matter? Yes. Okay. And does it it's, matter? It's a massive deal. Does it matter because Dion's probably going to make a jump to the big leagues?
1: No, it matters because the number one recruit in the country chose to go to an HBCU.
0: Okay. And I, I didn't know, like, I don't know exactly, like, what that means. Cause, like, the number one recruit was going to go to Florida State, which seemed like an odd move. Uh, because he probably could go anywhere. So,
1: now nah, he, he's, uh, he grew up, grew up a Knowles fan.
0: Okay. So it was more of a hometown thing. But DM being yep. able to steal it, that gives, uh, credence to, you know, gives, uh, players should be going to hbcus and we've talked about this as far as like the draft like they should be getting more of a look they should have their own almost like day and be treated the same way as these big time programs and uh this i think you're right good good point on that about uh you know getting that spotlight on there and hopefully he delivers while he's down there
1: yeah i mean this is this is one of the biggest recruiting stories of the last 20 years like in the rivals era this is absolutely unheard of for a player of that caliber to go to an FCS school and go and go to an HBCU and then also to flip from Florida State to do it like it's not like he was being recruited a bunch of places Jackson State got in there and you know it was really close he was committed to Florida State and then flipped to to Jackson State so can this become a pattern I mean, who who knows? But like, kids next year might want to go and play with him. You know, it could just become a whole a whole thing. I actually think, uh, yeah, it really can't be understated just how insane of a of a move that is that Dion was able to pull off. I mean, that is incredible from Coach Prime.
0: So when a player commits how firm is that commitment because you see this a lot where players can decommit and then go to another school are there any penalties for committing and then decommitting is it similar to like declaring for the draft where once you've passed a certain point you you can't anymore
1: no there is uh there's no penalty for it generally if a player commits other coaches are prevented from making contact with them but they can contact whoever they want uh, so a lot of players commit to just like get everybody to shut the hell up so they can focus on whatever they want to focus on. But well there's no there's no penalty for it. It varies from kid to kid. And when you follow recruiting, there's hard commits and soft commits and some people commit, but like you know they committed because they just wanted to visit and they thought it was really great. Joey Bosa committed to every single school after his official visit. Uh so did Alex alone So Joey Bosa was committed to Michigan at one point. Huh. <laughs> uh so so it's so like you know like which kids are firm commits which kids are are not and generally they put that out there too they're like okay well i'm committing to michigan sometimes to hold up there's to hold their spot but then they have other schools that they're talking to and in fact today michigan flipped a quarterback from virginia tech oh, sorry okay.
0: no i mean i'm not paying attention yeah. i'm like I, I'm, yeah. it's the same way with the NFL preseason i'll know when they're on the roster so uh it, <laughs> it is what it is but uh yeah i
1: know i i follow recruiting uh all oh, all year round pretty decent day for michigan they got a, they got an oklahoma kid a four-star defensive tackle committed to oklahoma reopened his recruitment after the coach left and yeah that makes sense they were they were able to get him uh however a four-star defensive tackle from cast tech in detroit my father's alma mater chose to go to kentucky over michigan and i can't quite wrap my head around that one
0: yeah that seems odd uh, by the way, speaking of uh, guys that are going to new schools, uh, Spencer Rattler at South Carolina—that one kind of threw me for a loop a little bit.
1: Yeah, I—I I mean, obviously he's going to get the play It shouldn't have much, shouldn't have much competition. But right. I mean, if I was him, I'd be looking to like to showcase for the NFL. I'm going to the Pac-12.
0: Yeah, yeah. I South Carolina seemed like a strange choice, but uh, considering I think they started a grad assistant last uh, last year they or did. this year, so probably yeah. a, a slight upgrade for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be fine. He'll put up some numbers, but, like, why not go to – well, there might be reasons you couldn't go to Kale, but why not Oregon <laughs> State or yeah. Washington State. You know, mm-hmm. just go somewhere out west and go crazy and whatever, or even go down a level. Go to, like, San Diego State or Colorado State yeah, and just put up huge numbers with lots of time and get some good throws on film or something.
0: I guess you didn't want to go to Virginia Tech and put up big numbers in the ACC. Too bad. <laughs> Anyway. Sit behind
1: Braxton Oh
0: God, yeah, he could have sat behind Hendon Hooker. Oh, wait, never mind. Um, Well, salty about that. Anyway, um, what are we at? Week 15?
1: Week 15. Easy. The season is, it's forever, but I love it.
0: Yep, here we go.
1: Week one of the fantasy playoffs, you made it. Did uh, Mrs. Ice make it?
0: So we actually have one more week to go because we, I think we have one more week to go and i can't remember we may be in the playoffs all i know is that heading into this week there were four spots three of them were already locked and she had i think a 86% chance to make it even if she lost so i think she's going to okay. make it and what is her reward playing the undefeated team
1: oh okay yeah that'll be that'll be fun but with all this covid stuff everything's up uh yeah up in the air
0: yeah the the undefeated team i think has kyler lamar cooper cup um who's the other one? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. This is an auto-drafted yeah. team, by the way. So, I'm hoping that I can uh New York Giants them in the in the finals and uh take over yeah. the take over the crown and be like, "Yes."
1: Well, all the Rams have COVID. If cup gets COVID and the Patriots shut down Jonathan Taylor, yeah. Like that team's going to lose a lot of their steam uh coming coming through here. But yeah, week 15, final. like every team's had their bye, every team's played 13 games. And it's finally just like a good, like, uh, like, like this is it. We're down to the final four games. We're really gonna learn about these teams. And now every game can start to be reflective of what we can expect in the playoffs from these teams. Yep. The first game we have, we have on Thursday night, the Chiefs at the Chargers. This is a massive game. It is a massive so game. So as I, as I look at my image that I printed out instead of just writing down, Very nice. um, the Chargers are currently the five seed, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs are currently the three seed. Yes, they could flip if the Chargers win. The Chargers could become on the bubble with a with a loss. Like this game is 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 super huge, and if the Chiefs look like the Chiefs in this game, yeah, they would
0: become a good bet to win the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bet it before the game happens. I'm still not convinced, but we'll find out. But the Chargers, I think if the Chargers win. They're in the driver's seat for the division because they have a sweep now of the Chiefs. So this is massive for them. Um, And can they, I think this is a good test because like the Bengals, who we'll get to later, they have looked great and then not so great. And they've not been able to string it consistently together for like more than two games. And this is a huge, huge one for them. If they can look really impressive in this game, I think they figured it out and they're going to get hot like that that would that would mean something and like you said if the chiefs look good then they're probably going to get hot too
1: yep absolutely uh then we have a real barn burner to open up the uh saturday two games on saturday so the first saturday game raiders at browns everyone on cleveland as noted in while the political football has COVID. it's 44 million dollars of their salary cap is is locked up um this should be a big spot for Cleveland to look good, but it's going to be Case Keenum handing off to, uh, to Ernest Johnson.
0: Yeah, but they looked okay the last time that that happened. And at least Case True. Keenum is probably not terrible enough to lose them this game. If they're playing another better team, I'd feel a little bit less concerned. But we've seen the Raiders come in in a prime, well, not prime time, but like in a in a game in which the other team needs to look right thanksgiving and yeah (laughs) sneak yeah and sneak out a win so uh, browns better be careful they can't they can't afford to lose this game i mean they're a game behind the ravens and they just got a huge win another team that can't seem to put it together consistently they got to get in there because the raiders have no business being in the hunt
1: no no they do not uh i'm looking at my image and the raiders are not currently in the playoff picture and they need to they need to stay that way yes please uh, the second Saturday game, we have the Patriots at the Colts. The Colts need to steal this one to try to run down the Titans, and I think they're going to. Yeah. I think the Colts are going to win.
0: Yeah, this is a game I don't have a good feeling about. If it was in Foxborough, i feel a little bit better, but on the road on a Saturday, the Colts have been playing pretty well. I have to give them credit. They, to me, even though the records don't show it, the Colts are playing much better than the Titans right now. Yes, they are. And if they get in, they're much more dangerous. Even if the Titans win the division and the Colts sneak in as like the seventh seed, the Colts are much more dangerous to go to the AFC title game, in my opinion, than the Titans. I'm going to disagree with that because of the, uh, uh, and we can talk about that next. We have the
1: Titans at the Steelers to open the Sunday games. This is A.J. Brown's last week out. Derrick Henry says he's going to be back for week 18. This means the Titans could have everybody healthy, ready to go with the playoffs start. And the fully healthy Titans are better than the Colts.
0: Yeah, but I guess I'm not convinced that all these guys having been out for so long. One, is Derrick Henry going to be anywhere close to like 100% or even good enough to, sh- to be that way? Like if he's just a, if he's out there, but he's still not quite there, then they don't get as an effective Henry. And can these guys stay on the field too? Like they could come mm-hmm. back and is A.J. Brown, like if, if is, is it behooving the Titans to, if they like, if they get a win this week and they get to ten wins, they probably and the Colts, I guess, keep pace. Like they have to keep playing them, but like, do they try and be as healthy as possible for the playoffs and not rush AJ Brown back? I know they're not necessarily rushing him back, but like, yeah, they want to be healthy because like they, yeah, they can they cannot afford to have some of these guys. So that's why I say that because like while maybe Derrick Henry will be back, which Derrick Henry will we get? I don't know. It's hard to I say. I think we're
1: to, I think we're to get the separate Derrick Henry. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think I think the Titans are going to come back and be full board. Now, the thing is, I'm not that sold on the Titans when they are fully healthy. Yeah. But I'm also not that sold on the Colts. I mean, they look better than I thought they would this season. But I still think that the AFC South is mostly trash and will be exposed once they have to go up against better teams consistently.
0: Yeah, but I guess the way that they have been utilizing Jonathan Taylor, at least they've been coaching smartly. They haven't been asking yeah. what's his name to do way too much. And Taylor has been up to the task this season. Got to give him credit for that.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Taylor looks uh, amazing. Second round pick, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Um, Derrick Henry as well,
0: second mm. round pick. That's amazing, isn't
1: that, it? It is. Um, so is Dalvin Cook. Literally, like what? Like never take a running back in the first round. What are you doing?
0: That's a good. Yeah, no way. I mean, the Patriots, the Cowboys, took Sony Michelle.
1: The Cowboys took a fullback a pick before Jalen Ramsey. Wow.
0: Nice. Yeah. a fullback.
1: Yeah. Mister uh, Elliot, nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> uh, the next game, we have the Washington football team and the Eagles. The football team are now operating with absolutely no net. I, in my opinion, they have to win out to ensure that they make the playoffs. Now, uh, Jalen Hurts is still hurt. According to like boots on the ground beat reporters today, he was limping on his way into and throughout practice. So there's a chance we're going to get more Gardner the third.
0: I think they have to. Like they've got to be thinking toward next year because Jalen has shown that he's good enough to to start for this team and they have to put more resources into him and they can't they can't try him out if they have no chance and Minshew look good when they put him in there so you got a capable yeah. backup in Minshew and again if they if they win and they can stay in the playoff hunt and get Hurts back a little bit more healthy then they should put him in but if they lose this game they don't really have a chance probably to make it and do you really take that risk when he's the guy that you're seemingly going to put your future into right now we think Yeah.
1: no i i agree with that i think that they want to get hurt as many reps and they want to get yeah. more looks and more film on him as possible yeah so so for the same reasons as you stated i think that's why they would play him yeah but maybe not this week
0: yeah that's what i mean but like i think you got to look at it and and decide like i get the reps part but it's one thing to 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 bench him and he's healthy but if if you're not getting him healthy like we've talked about this with baker too like you gotta you gotta make the decision if you're gonna stick with it and to your point a couple weeks ago looking three seasons in or you know next season the next season after that making decisions that way trying to be smart yeah. about it
1: yep absolutely bad jesus christ the next game here texans at jags oh that's gonna be so bad how about a nice thirty-four to three Texans win to get Urb
0: out the door? That'd be great. I had the thirty for thirty Tyrod queued up because he got benched again uh, <laughs> in, in his career, but I just we didn't get to it, and it didn't have a good a good segue there. But oh, man, I mean, Urban Meyer. I know we talked about this on the the big show, but Urban Meyer. I, I know we've we've had fun at his expense. But this week has proven that we've been talking about him and making fun of him. But we've also been talking about like the real stories behind him and how shitty of a human being that he is. And so much of what we heard about this week really has nothing to do with the X's and O's. It more has to do with how shitty of a human being he is.
1: Yeah, apparently he doesn't pay any attention to the defense, though, and he had, like, no idea who was on the field for the defense, so he's also shitty at the X's and O's, just to be clear.
0: Oh, that was when somebody asked about a uh, defensive player getting playing time, and he's like, yeah, I think he got more playing time, and he had zero snaps. Was yeah, Andre Sisco. Like, yeah, and yeah. he's like, come on. Like, I, is it, is it his arrogance that is making him this bad at this? Or to your point earlier in in the big show, was he so laden with talent because he can go out and get that talent that it masked a lot of deficiencies wherever he was at?
1: So college coaches have to acquire, develop, and deploy their weapons, their players. He is great at the acquisition. He is also great at the development in college. His players got better playing for him in college. There's a chance he wasn't doing the deployment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because he doesn't know how to do it here. Right. Because, I mean, there's really not as much developing players in the NFL unless you're bringing them in fresh, like some of these guys that are already on the team. I mean, obviously, there there is to an extent, but not nearly the same as in college because these guys are coming in raw in college.
1: Yeah, but you still have to develop Trevor Lawrence. Yes, Lavisca Chanel. Like, there's still some players on that team that could, yes. that you would think bringing in some offensive genius would, you know, help develop them and make them better players. But their leading receiver now is Daquan Treadwell. Yeah,
0: is it fair to put some criticism on Trevor Lawrence this season, or do you think it, probably 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 not? not. No, I I because I've seen some takes about that the whole team is failing. But at the same time, Urban Meyer is supposed to be the the anchor of this whole crew, coming in as the experienced head coach, at least in terms of his college prowess. And Trevor Lawrence, no matter how great he was in college, being a rookie in the NFL, you're still a rookie in the NFL. I mean, Peyton Manning threw 26 interceptions in his first, yeah. whatever it was. So there's always a learning curve. And Trevor Lawrence is just, he's drowning out there. And Urban Meyer just doesn't seem to know what to do with any of this.
1: I don't judge any employee for having poor performance in a toxic workplace environment. And I don't care what the what the workplace environment is, whether you're a professional football player or a mailman or whatever. It doesn't matter if your workplace is toxic. Your job performance is not going to be at the level it should be at, period. And this is obviously a toxic workplace environment.
0: Also, does Urban Meyer not understand how the media works in general? Like when he's talking about these sources, that happens all the time. Like people inside organizations consistently are giving away information, especially under situations like this.
1: Jim Rome had a great point. He goes, if Urban Meyer walked in the locker room and said, all right, right now, if you're a source, raise your hand. Like literally every hand would go up.
0: Exactly. And players are coming out and giving, giving credence to this. What an asshole. And say, by the way, Dan Snyder, also an asshole as we we already knew that. But I mean, the fact that he's trying to pay off these, oh, it's just so bad. Like he's such an asshole
1: the league has to get rid of him as an owner right like he's he's he is going to if he hasn't already been a real problem for them he is going to do or say something that is going to be like a donald sterling truly terrible thing
0: this might be a hot take and is completely speculative which is fine and for because it's just me here but the whole john gruden thing right we we talked about gruden suing the nfl a couple weeks ago but we really haven't heard anything it takes a lot of time for that stuff to happen but the nfl in tandem also didn't want to release the results of that investigation as well and sure did not in my mind the reason that is the case is because there is something much more damning than whatever john gruden did now We're we're not going to sit here and say that John Gruden got... Well, actually, what we said was that he's a shitty human being, but he also could have gotten the shaft the way that the NFL went about all that this happened. They leak out what he did, but then they're not going to put the rest of the investigation out there. Bruce Allen's obviously a piece of shit. We already know Daniel Snyder's a piece of shit, but I think what we don't have is just how shitty he is. And if there's other people that were involved in this that they really don't want you to know, like... Is it possible that like the commissioner said something bad and it's in this investigation and they're like, oh, we can't. No, I'm serious, though, because like, yeah, yeah. Think about how many emails that they went through over a decade. Was not it like 11 years worth of, of stuff? It's a long time. Yeah. And they've put out the investigations on. I mean, think about it. They released a report. And I'm not salty about this. I'm just saying like on Deflategate, like they went and did a scientific thing about. The fucking air in footballs but they're not going to give us any insight into what we already know is a terrible workplace environment like absolutely terrible and we've seen articles on it and i believe the articles because reporters know how to get information and so the nfl is not going to give us anything on this and i think that there's a lot of damning information not just on daniel snyder but i think other owners and prominent executives in the nfl and that's why they're not putting it out because it's going to be damning to the league and they can't afford at all to have the shield be cracked in any way
1: different but related the take would be boomers are too comfortable on text message and email the mark meadows text messages that the uh one six committee got a hold of and released were like fox news hosts were texting him during the insurrection like hey why don't you have trump do something and then donald trump jr is texting him like hey why don't you have do something it just like there was nothing wrong with their messages. I mean, they were right to try to get Donald Trump to do something. But if you're Donald Trump Jr., you cannot put in writing, hey, my idiot dad isn't doing his job. Can you make him do his job, please? Which is really what he said. But like they just they're so comfortable yeah. with this format like without realizing that like everything you put in a text, everything you put in an email, you might as well just behave like it's public. Because it very well could be one day for any number of reasons. And that's so like these messages to Mark Meadows lead me to think that there's probably something behind what you're saying about these Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder text messages.
0: I mean, there has to be right. Like you and I are logical people. I mean, we can all be irrational at times, but we look at the, the evidence in front of us or it's really not what they're saying. It's what they're not willing to say. And the mm-hmm. fact that they're not willing to put out anything about this this investigation when you have the victims clamoring for the transparency audit and the NFL's like, eh, nah. That tells me that there's something, that there is definitely something there. And whatever.
1: Yeah, either there's evidence, like either somebody's confessed to a felony. Or somebody yes. dropped an n bomb.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like there's something yeah. really either that or Daniel Slender was at the insurrection and they're just trying to sweep that under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> he would never sully himself with these commoners. Yeah, I know. There's, that's that, that's a good point. You
1: know there. You know he wasn't there because nobody landed a helicopter <laughs> on the Capitol property to and go and went walking in. I'm just. Um,
0: oh man, I'm just so tired of these shit trash human beings allowed to continue to exist in this league and. I get it. We're making content off of it, but God, like, can, can we do better? Like, uh, like marginally better. I mean, we could We could also
1: make content about Jerry Jones, who is also probably a trash bag, but, like, nowhere near the same as Dan Snyder, as far as we know.
0: At least he's smart enough not to get caught. How's that? We think. But he doesn't know how to text. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> so. that's true. He knows how to put salt on his uh, breakfast sandwich. We know that twice from uh, Hard Knocks
1: still more thrilling than anything. I actually stopped watching the Colts. I watched like 10 more minutes of episode 3 and I was like I, I'm i not having a good time. I'm not enjoying this. There's a new He-Man. I'm going to watch the new He-Man. I don't want to watch the... Uh, it's awesome actually. Cersei Lannister is evil in. Mark Hamill is is Skeletor. It's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, anyways, back to football. The next game we have the Cowboys at the Giants. The Giants have no hope of containing the, the Cowboys pass rush. I don't think so. Whatever quarterback is back there is going to die.
0: <laughs> yes, that's probably why they're going to throw Jake Fromm out there. Because right. it's probably illegal to kill a giraffe because it's an endangered species. So you can't throw Mike Glennon out there.
1: Yeah, but Jake Fromm has like four-inch
0: hands. Does that make him an endangered species? I don't know. Isn't that? Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. Who knows?
1: Uh, the next game, we have the Cardinals at Lions. And the only note I have for this game is, fuck.
0: Yeah. But watch. This will be where the Lions get it. I'm telling you. Swift
1: isn't going to be back. I don't think Hawkinson's going to be back, even though I could really use him uh, in best ball playoffs this week. I I don't know. I actually think this could be a Rondell Moore situation. Could be. We're like, because the Lions aren't very good, so I could see him catching his,
0: like, four passes at the line of scrimmage, but breaking two of them for long touchdowns or something. Either that or Kingsbury starts kicking field goals again. <laughs> Just could, win 12-9. Yeah, that could be your only hope.
1: Um, The next game here, we've got... Uh, political football ball too. the Jets at the Dolphins Cleve is already making excuses to not be on the show next week Tua is going to work the Jets this week
0: yeah I think so the Jets are hopeless like absolutely hopeless yes. and like and I feel as if I don't know like the Jets to me I think they legitimately got better this offseason but something is not working and I don't I don't know what it is yet, and I think we do need a little bit more of a sample. I know that Cleve said I don't think he's going to get six games next year, but I don't think you can really judge Zach Wilson on just this one season right now. It's not fair, and he didn't play the whole season. They're going to get Makai
1: Becton back next year, and right now they have picks five and six Yeah, in, think- in the draft they're in a real position because like elijah moore's a hit he's on ir he's out for the rest of this year yeah but like they're gonna get elijah moore elijah moore was a great draft pick mckay beck was a great pick the year before yeah they're gonna get two more top 10 picks this year they have a real chance to make a huge leap next year yeah uh but they won't if zach wilson is Jake Locker.
0: yeah and they also can we get somebody to cover somebody on the secondary like just a little bit better please
1: one of those picks
0: is probably going to be Derek Stingley. It has to be like it has to be somebody. <laughs> no, they can't cover anybody.
1: No, their 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 secondary is truly oh. is truly terrible, which is why Tua. I mean, Tua might go three fifty and four in this game. That's in okay. which case, next week I might like each game just open up with a different Tua stat. Until he catches on that I just keep talking about two over and over.
0: Just throw the just throw the stats out there for other players and just be like, actually what I've been giving you is all two his stats this week.
1: Right. Exactly. The next game is the Bengals at the Broncos, and my only note I had on this game is that this is gonna be a fun game.
0: Bengals really need it though. One hundred percent. And I think is it in Denver? Yes. Yeah, I mean on paper, the Bengals are appreciably better than the Broncos. Mm -hmm. They need to win this game, but they're another team. That doesn't seem to be able to string together consistency, but they're on a two-game losing streak, so they're due here because that's about when they start. That's about when they get another two-game winning streak is when they're uh, right, right near five hundred.
1: According to my image that I printed, the Bengals are not currently in the
0: playoffs. No, but well, okay. Here's a question: Have they already exceeded expectations this year? Kind of. So, like, if they go 9-8 and eight and miss the playoffs, we're not calling this a disappointment, are we? Or are we calling it a disappointment because of how good they have looked in, in spots this year?
1: Given how poor Pittsburgh has looked and the Browns have looked, this is a prime situation for the Bengals to try to get into the playoffs. And since this tournament is going to be completely insane and, like, just getting in gives you a chance to win, they'll they'll feel very hard done buying if they just to miss out because of two muffed punts against the 49ers and the,
0: and the division is in play for them it is so and they haven't they have a big game against the ravens left so if they get the win here and then they can beat the ravens they might actually have a chance at the division so they really need yeah. this Please. yeah
1: they the the bangles it'll be disappointing if they miss the playoffs if they go if they lose in the first playoff game it's a successful season but they have to make it at this point
0: but the broncos need to go away we keep saying that every week and they keep hanging around. I'm so come on. They they could sneak in as the seven seed. Don't know. No, because no, that means Vic Fangio keep his fucking job. And then we have to do this all over again. I don't want that. Yeah. Him
1: him and Joe judge both keep their jobs next year. Just awful. The next game we have Falcons at the 49ers. 23 points is going to be enough for Jimmy G to win this game.
0: Yes, I hope so.
1: Yeah. So, uh, the 49ers their run in here is ridiculous they play like the falcons the jags and the texans and the titans like some just ridiculously easy stretch and according to my other image that i printed out the
0: 49ers are currently the sixth seed
1: yeah and i don't think they're going to fall beneath that i think they can
0: only yeah they can only go get up. up
1: to like 5 yeah
0: but not related to the playoffs but Cordero Patterson's season is one of the most oddly funny and fun like random various ever because he is having his best season i think right like ever and he's playing like he's in his 20s and he looks like he's having a lot of fun out there but that tells you how little weapons they have but he is he's making the best as Cleve would like to say he's helping himself
1: Uh, helping himself to his aarp account like i don't know but he's 30
0: it's crazy though like they're having him do everything and he's killing it
1: except for return kicks where he has like the highest average in the history of the league Which they really should do because their offense sucks. So they like use some some variance on kick returns. Also, he's a wide receiver, but he's getting nothing but carries. Has he always been a running back? And like,
0: was Devin Hester and Dante Hall were they actually running backs? And everybody just screwed this up? It's it's very possible. But I mean, look at the other running backs that the Falcons have. Was it White Mike or not White Mike? Mike White, whatever. Uh, But they're all Mike Davis. Mike Quadri, Allison, Mike Davis. I can never remember that. It sounds like a white name. That's why. But I was like, <laughs> I just those guys are clearly not as good as he is at the running back position. And those guys were right. actually drafted or you know hired as a running back. I just think yeah. it's 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 very random and it's going to come crashing under earth next season. But I've had a good time watching him, not because he's on my fantasy team because I picked him up, but it was just it's randomly fun. See a guy with eighty four in the backfield, <laughs> and he's six three. Yeah, and they're not throwing to him like they're throwing to no. him out of the backfield. I'm like, this is crazy. Some team is going to overpay him. Watch, so they'll be like, he's a weapon, and then they're not going to know how to use him because the Patriots had him for a few years, didn't do anything. Yeah, I with
1: him. love, I love how you say some team like it's not going to be the Giants. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> well, to th- replace well, Saquon, mm, I don't know. He's way too dynamic for Joe Judge. Like, and well, Joe Judge can solve that problem. That's very true. Hand him. Joe ball. Judge can kill some
1: dynamicism. That's true. The next game here, we've got the Seahawks at the Rams. Uh, the Seahawks' entire season is on the line here. It is. I mean, technically, it is every single game because they already have eight losses. But, like, really here, if they lose this game, like why would Russ play anymore <laughs> if yeah. he wants to be traded? You know, he would just be like, you know what? I'm not going to play. Don't pay me. Get me on the trade block. I'm done. DK Metcalf is going to be like, well, why am I going to, you know, whatever? Like, why would I play? It's just... The rails could completely fall off in Seattle if they lose this game.
0: Yeah, either that or Russell continue to play. It'll be like um, the last hurrah with an X before they break up with you. And it's like, this will be what you're missing for the rest of your life. And that's what Russell do. Just throw bombs to DK Metcalf and be like, try to do, try to replicate that asshole.
1: Yeah, but again, after this game, the Seahawks get the Bears and the Lions. So if they win this game, if they rip off another two wins in a row after that, they really could be setting themselves up to sneak into the playoffs at the very end. And we could we could get all four NFC West teams into the playoffs. It is mathematically possible. It's
0: mathematically possible, but the Rams need to not let this game sneak up on them because no. they've put two games together. The Jaguars game didn't really matter, but this last game against Arizona did matter. And now we've talked about how the outcomes of this division could be all over the place and all completely believable and so yep. they cannot lose this game to the Seahawks. They Because they, the 49ers did lose to the Seahawks, and they really couldn't afford that. I mean, it may not hurt them in the long run, but it's a game that they should have won, and they they let yep. the Seahawks sneak up on them. Rams can't do that and lose their momentum because the division is right there for the Rams now.
1: Yeah, but the Rams have an insane COVID problem right now, they too. They do, yep. Um, And they are—I mean, if Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford pop positive— The Seahawks become favorites in this game, right? Yes. If they don't have any or they don't have anybody that really matters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's thin for the Rams here because of COVID. Uh, The next game here, we have the Packers at Ravens. Uh, Will Lamar play? And more importantly than that for the Ravens, who the hell is going to cover Devontae Adams?
0: I don't, I don't know. I, I know you like the Ravens. They're your AFC team, and I, they can be dangerous. This is the year where there's just so much variance that anybody can go to. Anybody will go to the Super Bowl, and I'll buy it. Like, whatever. If we get some stupid uh, Vikings and uh, Colt Super Bowl, I'll be like, whatever. Like, that's fine. Uh, but I don't know. Like, the Ravens just don't feel like a team that I feel real confident in right now. And they looked better without Lamar. And I think that's because Lamar is hurt, obviously now. But they have they're well coached though, and that's the thing, is like you talked about the two point conversion thing. Yeah. And they are well yeah. coached. And that a lot of times trumps many of the deficiencies that a team has when you get to the playoffs. But uh Aaron Rodgers is gonna throw what, like 15, 16 balls Devontae Adams' way?
1: Yeah, because Marlon Humphrey got hurt last week and he's yeah. out for the season. So the Like the top three running backs for the Ravens are out for the season, and sort of the starting four Mm -hmm. defensive backs. Yeah, like they're their second tier now is basically the Jets. Yes, so I think this is a game where Devontae Adams, because like nobody is going to be able talented enough to stick with him, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to throw it to him. We might see like an eighteen target, fourteen catch, just monstrous, monstrous game. And honestly, if the Ravens can score some on offense. The single game receiving yard record is in play this week for Devontae Adams. I mean, it's low; it's only like a three percent shot. But most weeks, it's never in play at all. Mm-mm. So it was what it was. Julio went for three twenty nine. Yes, three thirty six, something like that. Long time ago. Yeah, is your can't
0: Titans, it. Julio?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but I can see like if if, if the Ravens score twenty one or more points in this game, that outcome is in play
0: for Devontae Adams. That'd be fun.
1: The Sunday night slaughter is the Saints at the Bucks. Ugh. Yeah, whatever. Just yeah, whatever. just, I mean, Alvin
0: Kamara's not, if he gets 27 carries in this game, they aren't going anywhere. So, are the Bucks good enough and consistent enough that they're not interesting because of the variance in the league right now and they're just sort of ho hum, do their job and move on?
1: Yeah yeah it's like it's like if you have a family with four kids and one kid is on the honor roll doing everything right and the other three are all crackheads yeah like nobody pays attention to the honor roll kid
0: yeah because we never talk about the bucks in terms of like the playoff picture because we just assume they're going to be in the conversation at the end and they just do everything they have to do and they move on like this game against the bills they should have blown out the bills they i don't know yeah. what happened in the second half By the way, the ref, the refs missed a few calls in that game. Like there was one call where Diggs had his jersey completely tugged and it was like a five foot rope. And I'm like, how did they miss that? He's wearing a white jersey. Yeah, it it was a it was a total ref show. And then they called the the, the
1: sketchy pass interference against Buffalo uh, that came back to haunt them. So that was a total ref show. I actually think the Bills probably should have won that game. Uh, all things considered. But the reason the Bills came back is they started playing well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really the difference. We started to see an A-plus effort out of the Bills, and that's what they're capable of doing. That's why I bet them to win the AFC.
0: I think you had walked away when I said that to Cleve that I felt that it was actually indicative of what the ceiling is for the Bills, that they were able yeah. to hang with the Bucks and come back in this game. Uh, but their margin of error is so thin. Like, are they out of the playoffs right now? Where's your little picture?
1: Uh, the Bills are currently the seventh okay. seed.
0: So, yeah. But... They have a really easy a really easy schedule the rest of the way except for the game against the Patriots which they can totally win. So it's very possible yeah. that they win out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're going to make it. They they're, they're going to make it in.
0: I think they'll make so it. So I'm too.
1: not Yeah, I'm not too I'm not too concerned about that. Um the question though is that so the 7 AFC teams in the playoffs right now are the Patriots, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Colts
0: and the Bills. Who falls out for the Bengals to make it? I mean, I feel like it Patriots, maybe. They have a tough sled at the end of the season. They have one winnable game, and it's the Jags. They're going to go from the number one seed heading to week 15 to That's, being out of the playoffs completely. It's how crazy the season is, though. Like, you have actually said, would the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Is that crazy? No. It, could they miss the playoffs? Is that crazy? No. That's where the season well, is. And they're... Well, it's cr- it's crazy now. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but I'm looking at that. I, maybe the Chargers... I, I, if the Chargers lose this week then you know that makes it tough for them of course i mean the bills if the, like if the bills end up losing to the patriots the division's completely out of play for them now and they have seven losses which makes it real tough because seven losses i think we and i both agree that that's probably the 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 floor for making the playoffs in the, in the afc in the afc yeah in the though. afc yeah so i don't know like the patriots play the colts and let's say that they lose and then they play the bills and let's say that they lose right? And then all of a sudden now they're on a two-game bender. They get Tua in the last game of the season in Miami, a place that they traditionally don't play well.
1: And the Dolphins could be in a win-and-in situation, right? If they keep winning.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so now you're looking at the Jags. So if we consider the Jags a win, the Patriots get to that 10-win mark. But I mean, and you'd like to think that they'd be in then. But like the Patriots finishing 10-7 and is not crazy. Now, if they win this game against the Colts, though, I feel like number one seed is in play for them. 100%.
1: I think 10 wins gets you in for sure in the AFC. Yeah. And I don't see a way the Patriots don't make it because they're going to beat the Jags.
0: Yeah, I think they are. But you just never know. I'm just looking at those teams and I'm like, that would be the outcome that would happen to go from the number one, finishing nine and eight, going on a complete bender at the end of the season. Bill Belichick. Right. Bill Belichick gets fired if they lose to Urban Meyer, right? He can't survive that, can he?
1: Will Urban Meyer even be coaching that week?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh yeah, that's a good question. Does he make it uh, past Christmas?
1: This Josh Lambo story that him kicking the kicker. Yeah. That's a real problem. That's a lawsuit for Jacksonville. They're not careful. But like
0: what, what in his right, like what is he thinking in that moment?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, what is he ever thinking? I, I don't want to try to like, think. What is OJ Simpson thinking? I try not to think about it.
0: Oh, well, he has a Twitter account, so you might actually have to think about what he's thinking about. But yeah, I mean, well, so does herb. Yeah. God. anyway, The AFC is going to be nuts. I'm here for it. I find the AFC is, I mean, I didn't think the AFC was going to be this loaded, but think about this. If the Bengals win this week and the Browns win this week and the Ravens lose, they're all eight and six. Yeah. And the Steelers, if they win are seven and six and it's like, what? Like, is that, is that division the second best division in football? Even though the records don't look exciting. No. No.
1: No, the the two Wests are the best, the NFC West and the AFC West.
0: Because the records don't look exciting, but all those teams are beating up on each other. So we'll see. But is it possible that two two teams out of the uh, AFC North get in?
1: It's possible that only one does. Man,
0: this is going to be exciting. We got a lot. It is. What we know is that the Texans, Jags, and Jets are not going to make it because they've all, and Lions, all been, I think, mathematically eliminated.
1: They have been. Now, the NFC, Monday night, we've got the Vikings at the Bears- which Justin is going to show up Jefferson or
0: fields Vikings so far this year are not competent enough to win when they have to win. Right. They lose to the lions and then they look good on a short week against the Steelers or supposedly appreciably better than the lions, but they fucking tied. So we're not really sure. <laughs> um, and here they come. This is a team that they should beat on paper, but they could totally lose this game. I could see Fields having a nice day here. And Matt Nagy feeling like he's gonna keep his job for another week when we all know he's getting fired. I think the Bears are gonna win. Yeah, I mean, Fields needs a game against a team that they're like they're not as good at. That he needs a game like this, like to win these games now. Cause he's had some good games this year, but they've yeah. never seemed to be able to get it. And Mike Zimmer could see him getting had by this like if he loses to the lions and the bears in these last couple weeks like he's definitely fired right if
1: i think if they miss the playoffs he's fired no matter what
0: he has to be like he's been there forever with literally nothing to show for it
1: yeah yeah except for a couple miracle wins against the saints um so yeah so that's the schedule for uh for this coming week I, i think it's gonna be a good week i'll be at my buddy paul's house in michigan uh for red zone so we'll have lots of action down on the games. It's gonna be a really good time.
0: We all know we're all being quarantined watching Red Zone because I fucking caught COVID. So how about that? So that's oh Dave, yeah, oh Dave, yeah. Um, well, you know, it is what it is. But um, I'm I'm so happy this this time of year. We actually, well, actually, the fact that we have football Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday and Monday, it takes away from my Red Zone experience. So I'm a little not happy about this, but uh, it'll be what it will be. And uh, it's they always do this around Christmas time where they start putting Saturday games. I I don't know why. Is there really no more a- college? Oh, so they can just dominate the landscape and show me as exactly. many commercials as possible. Fucking great. Yep. Awesome. All right, dude. Well, uh, another great post game. We have a lot of action. Cleve never listens to this, which is great. It's like our little safe space. <laughs> and we get to educate him on what we talked about because like there's been we've actually been able to tie back like three weeks in a row now and that actually is fun this is a new evolution i still want to get cleaves cover zero in here sometime but uh safe travels my friend and uh i think the next time we record it'll be right before christmas so uh it it sure will take care buddy
1: happy happy quarantining yeah thanks buddy
0: and uh everybody go to instagram and all that shit just listen to the let's listen to the big show I, i said it very rapidly so take care dave i'll see you later see ya The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.